Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Chuck, the Whimsy Watch. Hello. How are we doing today, Chuck? How's it going? Glad to be yeah, back. Too ba- yeah, welcome back. Always ha- uh, always fun to have you on. Uh, uh, love talking Pokemon with you, my friend. Yeah. So how has your, you know, last week been or since the last time you've been on the cast? Uh, it's been good. Just a... Uh doing a lot that evolving skies came out so it's been all about getting oh, yeah. those cards <laughs> finding evolving skies opening packs trying to find all the good stuff so oh for sure yeah i i was fortunate enough that my cousin like i said before is a collector and he doesn't care about code cards and i think he bought three booster cases worth of cards to try to like you know go for those go for those uh, chase cards and ended up giving me all of the codes so i basically just bought uh, every card needed uh, for any of those big meta decks um, and then tried to spread the love um, giving code cards and to, you know so random people online uh, friends uh, for for tournaments tried to sponsor him for that uh, we'll go m- more into the tournaments here in a little bit um, but he actually came over to my house to hand deliver the codes and hang out so we were just having fr- uh, family and friends over and this kind of funny tangent I guess uh we we ended up there were six kids at our house and there was a water balloon fight that broke loose and they decided hey let's go for the parents and we're all up on the deck eating food barbecue whatever um so i ran down and grabbed a couple balloons and we were just throwing them at the kids and ended up pelting a seven-year-old in on a face shot with a water balloon (laughs) and he went down and i was like for a moment i was like oh no and then he got up and he was smiling looked at his dad he's like nah it's fine and i was like Okay, cool. I can feel cool about this. So I ended up smacking a headshot on a seven-year-old with a, with water balloon. But uh, no, all good and fun. That sounds like a good good event. <laughs> yeah, no, <it> <laughs> one fun. to wipe your your brow on. Yeah, it was a, a, a it was a scary moment for a second, but it was all good. <laughs> but enough about us. We have a guest today. Um, I think many people listening will know who this is. Uh, but we have Gabriel Smart. Uh, welcome. Hey, super welcome. happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Excited yeah, to talk about sure. some Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been on our radar for a uh, for a hot minute there. Uh, always enjoy your takes and your lists that you post, and kind of just following how you do at, in tournaments um, there on on Limitless and everything like that. And, uh, and when I when I watch the meta uh, via the Whimsy Watch or. Or looking at tournaments, it's really hard to miss your name because it's always at the top. So. <laughs> it's always there, even if he's not winning. It's it's always in that top, like top ten at least, or at least it seems that way. Um, but for anybody that doesn't know who you are, um, tell us who you are and a little bit about your Pokemon story. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Gabriel Smart. I am currently eighteen years old. I live in um, Sacramento, California. I've been playing. So I started playing like uh, casually, um, like in my local league around like 2010 or 11. But for about like five to six years, I never really took it um, seriously. But then uh, I think around like 2018, 2019, I was like, hey, you know, like I can actually, you know, like um, win some money, um, win some cards, you know, and actually kind of improve myself as a player. So going towards like the end of 2018, I really started to take it seriously. Uh, And I think once um COVID happened was like really the time when i was like okay there's going to be a uh, a ton of online events a lot of them for money i was just like you know what i want to see if i can prove myself as a player and mm. ever since then i've just it's just been um 
kind of taken off for me, especially the past couple months. So yeah, it's been a fun ride recently and I've been enjoying every part of it. Oh, definitely. I think I kind of had the same mindset, uh, except I wasn't had, I didn't have quite the experience that you as you at the start of COVID, but really use this COVID time to try to prove myself as a player. Maybe not. I don't have as much time to jump into as many tournaments, um, having a full-time job and a family, but at least feeling like I can compete with, you know, the, the top players. And I, I definitely feel like I've made strides, obviously not as much as you. And <laughs> so I uh, can't wait to kind of talk about the rundown of, of your career um, and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. All right. So we have a standard set of four questions for every first time guest. Uh, Chuck, do you want to start us off on these? Yeah. Um, so we start with uh, what is your favorite starter pokemon from any uh my favorite starter pokemon is probably god this is kind of i would probably say cyndaquil i really like cyndaquil a lot um and i don't think he gets as much um, love as he deserves but yeah i like cyndaquil he's cool (laughs) i won't yeah i'm not gonna say he doesn't he doesn't get as much love as he deserves because i think that's the first person that said syndical uh, uh but i do oh, know no. uh our one local colton his oh, favorite yeah. pokemon in general is quill lava so okay definitely get yeah. some love other other places too <laughs> i so. mean i i've missed a lot of that middle generation but i know when uh when the legends of arceus comes out syndical will be my uh my starter of choice yeah I just like the design and everything about him. He's just like, oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a pretty look, cool looking Pokemon. OK, so as far as just Pokemon in general, what is your favorite Pokemon? God, what is my favorite Pokemon? Uh, this is kind of like a question that I get like a lot of times that I'm like, I'm not really sure. But uh, <laughs> I I really like Suicune. I think that Suicune's cool. That's one of my favorite Pokemon for sure. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a pretty cool. Le- he is legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's legendary. Currently, that's yeah, my favorite one, but that could change in a year. You never honestly know. <laughs> With, I mean, so um, then you're pretty excited about the new Suicune that came out. Um, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I think that card is fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure we'll definitely get into it when we talk about decks and kind of just like text for specific decks. But I'm, I'm sure that name will come back up. Like I said, um, okay. So your favorite card, uh, Pokemon card, and now it doesn't have to be a Pokemon. It could be a supporter um or really anything for any reason uh what would your favorite pokemon card be does it have to be standard or can it be Uh, like former it could be standard it could be uh you know it can be anything from the past like anything printed pokemon card any for any reason you can just like the art you can like its attack whatever i think zorak gx now i know that's probably a lot of people's favorite card but um that card i have you know, like really enjoyed over the past couple of years i think it's a card that you can get um very rewarded for um, playing correctly mm-hmm. and yeah i would probably say that's my overall favorite card that was yeah, I, unfortunately i started playing after he rotated and didn't really get to experience that uh, but from what i've seen <laughs> from people playing expanded uh zorark seems like to uh, be a fun deck and definitely a thoughtful deck yeah yeah all right, I guess I get the big one. Um, yes. What is in for whatever reason? Again, however, you cannot like the art. You cannot like it because it's cost you a game. But what is the worst Pokemon card in the game? Gengar Mimikyu Tag Team. 
<laughs> I agree. No, that's a, it's a fair answer. <laughs> it's a fair answer. <laughs> now, is that just because the Shadow Rider? Uh, was it something before, or, or yeah, or you think Shadow Rider definitely tilted it towards towards that? Yeah. So, um, Collinsville, twenty twenty, where um, Trevenant and Dustinor, um, Gengar Mimikyu, uh, and Milotic won, and it just mm. it just completely dominated that event. Um, that was one of the first times that we really saw um, Genku be abused. Uh, and then once um, Shadow Rider came out, it kind of found like that uh, power again to be able just to consistently um, use it. And then um, after using it, uh, going into like a Pokemon that can hit for like 200 damage is absolutely insane. Yeah. And since um, Shadow Rider um, draws cards and stuff like that, like you can just go um, like Gengar Mimikyu, um, they go past and then you have um, three to four I'm shadow riders on your field and like your opponent's just like i literally didn't get to play the game and you're hitting me for 200 damage so yep. i i definitely think that uh that card has not been great for the game and even though i've seen some success with it i'll be very happy when that card leaves rotation <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't think you're the only one i, I mean for <laughs> me i i abuse it currently with shadow rider and i will see you know be sad for it to go but i understand <laughs> it yeah. is very abusive <laughs> Uh, no, but good choice. Um, Chuck, did we did we have? Yeah, so uh, I did come up with. It might be a pretty easy trivia question, but it's a trivia question. Mm -hmm. um, with and it's a it's a recent trivia question. So with the latest set release, what Pokemon received its first trading card printing? The latest. Oh my. Set oh how's that easy i don't oh my know. god um, <laughs> um is it like a so, trainer um, or like a pokemon itself a pokemon itself is oh the first time goodness. they got printed in a trading card um i have no idea <laughs> way to pull this one out of left field chuck uh, lombre i have i have absolutely no idea <laughs> I'm not sure. Right. I, I, for not being, I guess uh, I give you a hint. It's, it's it's legendary. It, a legendary. It's not Suicune, is it? No. No, it's not Suicune. No. Yeah. Do you guys give up? I, I I don't know. There's there's actually two. Uh, it's the first time they've printed Reggie Drago and Reggie Alecki. Oh okay. Oh that. Oh. oh. <laughs> as soon as he said it, I was like, I was gonna be like an old Pokemon. I was like, oh, you know, like it has to be something like super old that they just haven't printed. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I, it's they're like brand new. I just I, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, no, you worded it question. in such a way to confuse us, which is uh, congrats on you. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, with All right. that, let's go ahead and jump into the Whimsy Watch. Hello and welcome to another Whimsy Watch, where we take a quick look at the evolving meta. Now, Evolving Skies is officially upon us, and we've had a couple larger tournaments now that have included Evolving Skies. So, in looking into these tournaments, I can see a few new deck archetypes brewing out there. Uh, Rayquaza is definitely there. Uh, I see some Glaceon and Leafeon decks. Uh, Reggie Drago, uh, paired with a Cherum, also makes some appearances. There's a few more, but I have my new deck I want to tell you about. But first, let's go over what is the most popular decks being played in the meta right now. So, Shadow Rider once again comes in the top spot in the meta, followed up by Rapid Strike Urshifu with Inteleon, and Ice Rider Calyrex with Inteleon. These three decks 
took the lion's share of the meta this week. And all three are, are going to be good decks moving forward into the smaller pog meta as well as after rotation. So expect them to be around for a good bit. Going forth in the countdown in fourth and fifth place, we have Loop Metal and Eternatus. They round out the top five. Now, for those of you that just missed that, this is the first time in a long while I have not put some version of ADP in this list. Uh, it's, the, it's been knocked out of the top five, and all I can say is we're getting there. It's almost time. Okay, now, for my first deck profile of an Evolving Skies archetype that has performed well, the deck climbed all the way to a top eight in the last Sunday Open, and is none other than Suicune with Ludicolo. And I love it. Um, All Out Blitzel took this to a 10 and 3 finish, and you can see the complete list over there on Lemonless, or I can I will also share it in our Discord. But it takes the new Suicune V, which has a, a nice attack that can easily max out at 220 damage, and boosts it with the Ludicolo, which obviously when you bring him in and evolve into him, your Pokemon do an extra 100 damage, taking that Suicune to VMAX Oko territory. I love the pairing because Suicune is easily charged up and you can focus on getting that Ludicolo out and evolved up to add the extra power level to your attacks. It's over 9,000! The deck is filled with text to help fill up your bench as well as adding Pokemon to your opponent's bench and to continuously be able to repeat Ludicolo's boost. I love this so much, I can't wait to try it myself. But with that, it's going to wrap up this week's watch. Let's go ahead and send it back to the cast. Good job, me. Wait a yeah, good again. job, you <laughs> again. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go ahead and move into the news segment of the podcast. Yes. Before we start, I want to I want to jump in and talk about Sleepy Dreepy. He he has a uh, charity event coming up this september 3rd at 6 p.m eastern standard time it's um, a battle against leukemia uh, tournament so there is a two dollar entry fee but a hundred percent of the proceeds go to uh, the leukemia research fund um so there's at least 125 packs in the prize pool plus i know i think metapod had one of those metapod mats uh for the the winner as well uh so go support a great cause if you can um watch us on stream i'm i'm also going to be casting it alongside mind blown tcg and megumi from gumi gumi uh so we're going to kind of rotate in between games um so there's going to be lots of fun streaming to watch plus if you want to play obviously it's always fun to play pokemon and it's your last chance to practice any of those meta decks right before pog so uh the like i said last last chance before pog so really go check it out and you know hopefully see you guys there all right now we had quite the news dump this week on things that are coming out gonna be trademarks all kinds of fun stuff so i'm gonna kind of just gloss over a few things because there's a lot of new products coming out uh, we have a v memories collection that's coming out in gamestop only they are gonna make uh, that we see the next evolution of League Battle decks and their Rapid Strike and Single Strike Urshifu decks um, coming out, as well as 
a um, premium collection for both of them. So you'll see easy ways to get rapid and single strike Urshifu V's and V maxes, um, as well as uh, we had some new celebration products uh, that you can. There's a tin with Lance's Charizard and a Dark Sylveon um, coming out for the celebrations. Um, and then we got news that Japan's December set is going to be the trademark we've been waiting for of uh, VMAX Climax. Um, and a lot of news on that because in the article it said there's potential. The, the, nothing is confirmed, but there will be a reprint of the fabled Ultra Ball. Oh, so, yeah. I, I've been excited for Ultra Ball ever since Melody came out, that alt art and having there. And I believe Raihan's alt art has a Ultra Ball as well. So I've been really kind of thinking it's coming up. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see your guys' opinions on, on the fact that Ultra Ball could be coming back into our format. Well, since I never actually got to play in a format with Ultra Ball, I want to hear gabe's opinion on this first sure yeah no so like from looking at twitter there's definitely a lot of people that are like oh you know this like uh this card's gonna be super good for the game or or like oh you know like this card's gonna be not super good for the game i guess um i think it's definitely gonna be helpful i think that in i think that one of the worst things about pokemon is dead drawing and mm. having a like having like another way to prevent that is going to be huge um, for the game so you can achieve your strategies and stuff like that i do think that um i don't really know if we needed the card back but it's definitely nice to see it and it's going to help us probably more than people think because like like we've been going a year with playing um, pokemon communications and that card is a pretty flawed card in mm -hmm. a lot of ways because you know like um, you'll get those hands like uh where you'll have like a um a communication but you just won't have a pokemon and your hand is dead now instead if that was an ultra ball then you actually can uh do something so i think that's also going to be great and then i think for um stage one and twos which uh oftentimes struggle simply because they just can't set up um, consistently mm -hmm. uh i think that ultra ball is going to help in that sense as well just to get them to be able to get going oh yeah i agree with that 100 percent. and then also uh with having quick ball and ultra ball um, you could definitely thin your deck a little bit easier. There are a lot of cars, maybe like um, what's the, what's the, the mustard. Uh, so yeah. there was a lot of ways that you couldn't really thin your deck um, to guarantee you have that. So say you do that, you can get a Pokemon out and use a supporter like that. Um, not only that, like you can just thin your hand out to potentially get the Dene uh, or not the Dene, but Crobat. Uh, so he's a little bit more effective in that form. Um, like you said, with evolutions, um, also, I think the timing of it coming out potentially in December, uh, whenever the next rotation comes out, you'll always at least have a ball search. And I believe there was kind of a weird period in between having the, the last ultra ball and quick ball, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so at least <laughs> at least you always have a go to card um, to get a guaranteed Pokemon uh, off of a, a card like that um, in that kind of a weird period way down in the future uh you know with in a year from now um but i think it's good for the game and it'll probably make sure like you said you're not going to be uh dead drawing quite as often you'll always kind of have at least options yeah all right um just another side note is that climax set that's coming out will also feature some shiny pokemon so there's going to okay. be some other sought after cards in there as well whenever 
they merged that or put it into a North American, US, rest of the world kind of set. A um, couple other trademark information. They do have two more sets. I'm thinking they're going to be sets of trademarks, and they're called Time Gazer and Space Juggler trademarks. Mm-hmm. So probably look for those in a few months. Um, and then we did have a couple cards released for the new Fusion um, Fusion uh, was it Fusion Arts or Fusion Fusion Styles? I think, fusion it's, styles. I think it's Fusion Style. Yeah, it's something like that. Fusion. Yeah. Fusion, fusion something, um, but the the big uh, they had a couple uh, they had star you and a star me, but the big card was that the chandelier, chandelier V and V Max. Um, so if you do you mean just go right into what, yeah, what they are. Um, all right. Uh, so the the V uh is basic fire Pokemon um has. One fire attack for Confuse Ray. Your opponent's now active. Active is confused. Uh, and then bringing back the Poltegeist attack mm-hmm. for fire and colorless. It's Poltegeist 40 times. Your opponent reveals their hand. This attack does 40 times the damage, the number of trainer cards you find there. Similar to Gengar Mimikyu's attack. <laughs> and we were just <laughs> um, talking about them. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I did say there's a VMAX. So you evolve him up. He gets 320 HP has an ability called blind binding heat. As long as this Pokemon is your active Pokemon, your opponent can't play any Pokemon tools from their hand. So tool block. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get for the same fire colors attack, max Poltegeist. Take that same attack, dial it up to 70 times for every trainer you find in your opponent's mm. hand. I really want to hear Gabe's opinion on this after talking about Gengar Mimikyu because this really kind of mirrors it kind of in my eyes. Uh, yeah, so I think this card is going to be relatively decent. I would say like the okay, so like the reason that like Poltergeist is so good is because of Horror House. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the matter that you don't have um, Horror House anymore allows your opponent to play around that attack relatively easier. Uh, so I think it's, I think that it's definitely good. I just. It's just going to be a card that that's so easy to play around. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe an expanded you can pair it up with Gengar Mimikyu. I have absolutely no idea. But I think it's I think it could be okay. Um, losing reset stamp uh, kind of sucks for the card because like um, mm-hmm. you could reset stamp them up to six and they can't you know like they can't yep. like really control what they're going to draw. Uh, so I I don't really know if it has any tools uh, like coming forward that are actually going to help it. But so it's. It's okay. I think the ability is cool. It's yeah. nice to see something that can um, slow down um, your opponents because a lot of people are cutting switches and they're just playing like um, three to four air balloons now. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, but it's okay. Yeah. And if you, if you do catch them off guard 70 times each, it, you know, you can catch your opponent in a, a weird spot. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're, if they don't see it coming, but I mean, I think this card is just a little too slow for them not to see it coming. So like you said, I think it is easily played around, but, um, uh, maybe there's uses for him like a super meta deck going forward with a partner that hasn't been revealed yet. Uh, I think it might just be, I mean, whether we see any kind of support in the ways of supporters or items that mess with your opponent's hand yeah, so that you can guarantee that this attack does something because any card that can do 70 times zero and do no damage is kind of iffy if uh you really can make a whole deck around it um yeah. 
So, all right. Well, that's the one big, big uh, new Pokemon that will be in the fusion set. Um, mm. There. Um, the other big news is they launched the product images uh, for fusion battle styles and the ETBs look really cool with Mew on it. But the other thing that we saw on there is on the back, they kind of replaced the PTCGO online with a new, sure did. new app. It's, it says for the new Pokemon TCG live. So potential new app or client or way to play online coming in the works. Um, this is a weird way to spoil it, but what have we thought? <laughs> what are, what is the, sp- the thoughts on, on a new online client? I or think I, we go guess first again on this one. Sure. I think uh, it's yeah. yes. So we haven't had a new client in like 11 years um, since we got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to, if I had to make a guess right now, it's probably just uh PDCGO, but on like um, Apple, maybe, you know, like, um, like phones and stuff like that. Like we really haven't had that on uh, like mobile. I don't mm-hmm. really know if Pokemon's the type of company <laughs> that would spend the time to like completely make an entire new um, like clients. I just, I just don't know if, if they're the type of company, cause they haven't done it for so long. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, you know, this is finally the time that they're like, Hey, it is, you know, time to completely revamp the client. So I'm not sure, like, if it's just going to be like a name change um, or if they're just going to like um, upgrade it or if it's just going to be like a whole entire new thing. So we honestly don't know. The only thing that I care about is that we can um, transfer our cards because mm-hmm. that's going to be really bad if you can't. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the main topic. Regardless yeah. of what they do, if you don't get to keep your cards, um, I know lots of people... <laughs> I've spent a lot of money on code cards, either buying the IRL uh, packs or just buying them online. So a lot of people potentially upset there. Um, I know that a lot of people have been, or at least commu- the community as a whole, has been complaining or petitioning to have a new clients with you know a little bit upgraded uh, this or this or that, having like a link, rank, ranked ladder. Um, so maybe it's that I, I'm hopeful that we'll have a, a new client with that, that we can transfer our, our old codes or our old cards over, um, especially for those older players that have like uh, tropical beaches and things like that. Like those yeah, are really like hard to find. Thousands, yeah, yeah. thousands of dollars. Um, my, my, just by kind of talking to other people, just kind of the feel of the community, I guess, is it's more of just like a facelift. Like, like Gabe was saying, maybe having it, you know, available on, on cell phones, maybe making it a little bit smoother, um, you know, different, like just changing the, the overlay and everything like that. Um, not quite sure. Uh, I think it can only be good news unless again, they take, uh, our cards away from us. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm going to be like one of those people and say, like, I don't think the client is that bad. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think that the other major card games clients are so much better and offer so much more than um, our client. I think that's like a reason um, where like the community has like kind of created this uh, mob mentality. It's like, oh, our client sucks. Our client is terrible. Mm -hmm. I just think that it needs a couple more things to kind of get up to speed with, um, magic's client um Yu-Gi-Oh's client um hearthstone um like like all these other clients just have so much more than ours um that it definitely would be nice to see them kind of add things that they use you know that kind of oh yeah they, they already have that template they already have that yeah. template to go off of yeah that's kind of my feelings is that they're 
basically they're going to do a face they're doing they want to add so much to it that they're just facelifting it at the same time so they're going to rename it and i think they're i think they want more of the mobile functionality i think because that is a big thing in gaming in general is being mobile gaming so i think having that availability to be able to put on any device rather than just tablets and computers on android (laughs) phones and computers (laughs) um yeah my productivity at work is about to go down (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and like pokemon and like uh even like nintendo as like a whole over the past like four to five years has like really started to push mobile um game which is something they just had not done uh so i definitely think that they're starting to move um into that direction um slowly and this might just be like their big stepping stone for the trading card game so definitely gonna be interesting to see what they actually do oh yeah i can't wait uh time will tell uh so hopes are high but we'll hold judgment until you know that time comes and that is gonna wrap up the news so let's get into the meat of the potatoes and talk all kinds of Pokemon with Gabe. Oh yeah. For, first and foremost, uh, this, I guess this is a, a little less than a week now since uh, Evolving Skies has come out. Um, so first and foremost, um, what decks are you you excited to play or you have been testing? Um, and we'll go from there. Like what, what decks are yeah, you no. excited to um, Rayquaza has been super fun. Even though when it doesn't work, it like really doesn't work. But mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's a very hit or miss deck, but I've been enjoying that. I think that um, Suicune has been fun because there's um, so many ways that you can play it. I think that um, getting Raihan is super cool for um, Rapid Strike Urshifu. And pretty much like uh, any Inteleon deck can actually play that card, which is super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, those have been kind of like the main decks. I'm Shadow Rider obviously yeah. um gets uh Articuno. Articuno. Articuno yeah, which yeah. is which is fantastic for the deck. It's been testing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's been a lot of cool cards in the new set. All right. So you say Rayquaza, and I've been kind of playing with both versions. What what version do you feel uh, since we are in that this pog format? And we're gonna talk about pog in a little bit, but um which version of the Rayquaza deck do you like better? Do you like the electric uh variant or do you like the welder variant? Okay, so going into this format, I was I thought that the the welder version was just a worse lightning variant. But the mm-hmm. more I tested it, I was like, with the welder variant, I don't need to evolve um, uh, like multiple Flaffy to do my thing. I can just go uh, a terminal Volcanion, uh, three energy on to Ray, and welder one time, four hundred damage easily. So I think that the welder variant is more consistent, and that's kind of sad to say. Uh, that a world variant is more consistent than another deck <laughs> yeah. um but that's but that's honestly where we are right now like i just i think that variant is by far the best version i'm um, going into pog and it's definitely something that i am still considering as one of like my top three or four choices right now yeah i think i'm in the same boat as far as the the electric version though or, um what text i'm mean, obviously the flaffies um but are you playing a heavy a heavy count of of level ball are you playing bolt hunt are you playing or all those techs in there so for the post rotation i'm playing bolton right now i'm playing uh four four flaffy i think i'm playing two rows um mm-hmm. four level ball i'm four quick ball just like trying to get max consistency um, for the deck but the deck just like when it does it just like when it 
it just bricks like half the time. And it's almost just like you are committing so many like um, slots on your bench. Like you need um, three Flaffy to even be able to be um, consistently uh, one-shotting back-to-back turns. Yeah. And it's almost just like, is the Welder version better or is just Shadow Rider a better version because it is so mm-hmm. much easier to take um, knockouts without Creamy than it actually is for Ray. So I think the Lightning variant's okay. It's just very run hot. So no, I, I tend to agree with that. That's kind of what I've found in both versions. Yeah. Um, time will tell, uh, I'm sure. After, you know, post-rotation, we'll have a little bit more time to focus on it without, you know, not this week uh, before Pog. And maybe somebody will make it work. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll, you'll Someone make it Someone will work. do well with it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And now you, you did mention Raihan. And, and have you been finding that it's been pretty consistent to get out, especially in those Inteleon decks? Um, how do you feel that card's been fitting into the meta? Oh yeah, no, um, that card is absolutely broken. Uh, <laughs> I would say that like Rapid Check Urshavu pretty much beats everything in the format if it can get um, Rapid Flow, Rapid Flow off back to back turns, and Raihan just makes it that much easier. Um, it is a like miniature teammates that also attaches energy, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. I think I do think that its place is only in Inteleon variants as of right now. Uh, which is kind of unfortunate, but I think that maybe as new cards um, come out that can search for it, it will definitely have more relevance. But yeah, it's been it's been good. Yeah, I lo- I've been loving that combination uh, as well. Um, now, do you just get the cards you need for you know whatever meta decks or text that you you're going for? Are you a kind of a collector as well? Kind of, what are your strategies for collecting cards? So. IRL or online? Because um, kind of both. Both. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So IRL, no. I pretty much just get like what I absolutely need, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, cards are so much more expensive now. Um, online, since pack codes are you know typically sixty seventy cents, I'll try to um, bling out as like much as my deck as possible, just because it looks cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would probably say online, I'm more of a collector, but. Um, IRL, I'm pretty stingy on, yeah, what I'm buying. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially now when there's no real IRL events yeah. going on, uh, that might change, you know, <laughs> in a in a year. All right, let's talk a little bit about Pog, uh, since you know it's, it is coming up this weekend. Uh, we have a little bit less than a week um, to test, so let's talk about some of these meta decks uh, first and foremost. Just your impressions, um, and then kind of. We'll see what kind of techs and uh, maybe underrated decks that you are thinking that are under the radar. But let's start out, I think, with everybody's, you know, consensus on BDIF, uh, Rapid Strike, Urshifu. How how do you feel um, that will fit in during POG format? Yeah, uh, I think that Rapid Strike, Urshifu is probably going to do incredibly well. It is definitely one of my top choices. It is um, consistent and with... I'm Italian, you pretty much always have some semblance of control mm-hmm. um, over the game, uh, just because you're literally able to pick um, the cards you want. Um, like it just it just has everything, you know. Like it's fast, uh, it's consistent, it has comeback potential. I do think though that Rapid Strikes' um, ability to do well will come down to how many people play Shadow Rider. Like mm-hmm. um, Shadow Rider is a winnable matchup but it's no better than like a 45 55 or like a 40 60 um, if the shadow rider player is smart so mm-hmm. if everyone plays 
um, Shadow Rider, then Urshifu might not be as dominating as the deck actually is, you know. No, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, do you have any any texts in the shot or the Urshifu um, that may not be, you know, what everybody's been seeing for the last few months that you might consider in in the Rapids or the Rapshack Urshifu? Yeah, no. So um, in the past, you um, had to play um, Karate Belt, so you mm -hmm. could um, rapid flow back-to-back -back turns, and you couldn't really play um, Telescopic Sight because you had to have the Karate Belt, um, especially versus um, Shadow Rider. But now mm -hmm. since you have um, Raihan to attach, uh, it kind of makes Karate Belt useless in many ways and allows you to be able to go um, rapid flow, rapid flow with sights and be able to take um, six prize turns a little bit easier because yeah. like if you're only doing 150 because you have the Passimian, then you're rapid flowing for 150. Um, even doing that twice is not enough to uh, knock out a Shadow Rider. Um, but if you have a sight, you're doing 180, which, you know, is now I'm um, enough to, sh yeah, I'm going to two shot the Shadow Rider. So yeah. uh, I think that's, being able to play sight definitely makes the matchup significantly closer now. So that's now what I'm playing in my deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, the sight's a really good call, especially as you said, with, uh, with Raihan and all that, uh, not being able to do that uh, extra damage. Uh, but as far as uh, bench barrier Mew, do you think a lot of decks are going to be playing that in response to Urshifu rabbit strike? Yeah, no, like um, I even have the Mew and shadow rider. Mm -hmm just because I don't want to take the risk of losing a 45-50 bit. Um, five, because, like, Shadow Rider is, like, matchup is pretty favorable, but, like, Shadow Rider bricks a lot. and Especially early game. <laughs> and it's just, like, yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, when you stumble, um, Urshifu can pretty easily beat you. So it's just, like, having that Mew as, like, a backup is great. Um, I think pretty much every deck should be playing me right now, honestly, because, uh, yeah, because if you don't, uh, Urshifu is <laughs> just going to run all over you with rapid flow. So, yeah, I think that having Mew is a must for this event in pretty much every single deck right now. I so. couldn't agree more. <laughs> There's too many, too many of those uh, Pokemon <laughs> there that could just get two shot. And yeah. that is just horrible, horrible news if you can take six prizes uh, in one turn. Um, but yeah, let's see. We kind of alluded to it. Shadow Rider Calyrax. Uh, that's probably my choice going into Pog currently. Um, any any kind of text or or anything? How do you feel that that's going to fit into the Pog meta? Well, I play Mew right now, and mm -hmm. I play the um, Articuno. I have been kind of toying around because, like, oftentimes Shadow Rider plays a um, two-two Alcremie Vmax. I've been kind of thinking that maybe a one-one Alcremie with a one-one. Um, Espeon VMAX might be kind of cool, uh, mm -hmm. but pretty much my list hasn't really changed um, except for adding in the Articuno. I think I cut like an air balloon or something like that um, for it. Uh, it's been definitely good. And I just think like the Articuno at first I thought like wasn't that great. But then I realized just like you can instead of doing like 150, like 150 or like 180 um, turn two, you can actually start to hit 200 plus. Um, turn two simply because you have the Articuno, which is basically a uh, plus power for 60, right? Yeah. So I think the Articuno really just makes the deck so much more aggressive. And with um, Horror House as well, for uh, one more uh, major event, it just makes the deck even better. Oh, yeah. I think the energy acceleration with Articuno plus having, like you said, GX, 
a horror house to buy you that extra turn to do those underworld doors. You can easily, yeah. yeah, you could easily put your opponent into a checkmate position before they ever play. Yeah. Um, but the same token, Shadow Rider, like you kind of alluded to, um, is susceptible susceptible to that early game breaking. Um, is there any consistency cards that you're thinking about potentially adding to Shadow Rider to kind of combat that? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of lists that have been doing well that only play like four research and to marnie typically and mm -hmm. i typically like to play three or four marnie um there's some lists that are only playing three um, evolution incense and no pokemon communication um, i like to play a three one split personally so i think it's just like like upping search counts is probably the best thing that you can do uh and yeah it's just because like the shadow riders of deck is like when you set up you win like pretty much yeah. most of the time it's mm -hmm. it's just how it is so it's like you don't really need to tech too many cards into the deck for certain matchups when you can just go turn to you know 200 plus damage you know um eight energy on the board you know how creamy ready to do 400 the, the game yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i just think that um, upping the search counts is definitely something that is great for the deck like an extra calm or an extra evo incense just like that actually matters more than people think in the deck no i couldn't agree more um okay can so we, okay sorry charlie can i just jump in or, or do you have of any more course. questions on shadow rider no 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 oh because i wanted to ask your opinion on the other rider um because i've ice? been i've been playing ice rider and i like it's it's appeal in the meta currently and I wanted to think what I wanted to get your take on how you think it will fare in the pog meta at all. Yeah, um, no, um, I think the deck's probably in the top three or four decks in the four right now. I think that um, getting Raihan is fantastic. I think that getting uh, Metacham V is also great um, for the deck. I think the deck actually has a pretty decent um, Shadow Rider matchup due to uh, Articuno just being able to buy yourself an extra turn. Um, be able to get those energies down on the field. I'm going to start to set up Inteleons everywhere and stuff like that. Um, I think that that matchup is actually very, very close. Um, since um, they have, like, most of the Ice Rider lists that have been doing well uh, don't play Peak anymore, and they're more committing to, like, uh, one to two um, Kuno and Kabalion just to buy yourself more turns to be able to get those pings onto those um, Shadow Riders to be able to uh, one-shot them. Mm -hmm. um, I think the deck is great. I think that Ice Riders... Uh, playability simply comes down to how much um Zacian decks there are like uh like luke metal is always going to see play until it rotates um mm -hmm. Zacian adp is probably going to show up i don't know how big it is going to be but it's going to show up so it's just almost like how like if metal decks don't show up in just huge uh numbers i think that i is a fantastic play it's just we don't know yet so um, we're going to have to wait and see, but I think that Ice Rider is in a really good position right now. Just It's just a deck that takes a bunch of 50-50s, so you have the ability to outplay your opponents. So you think with, with Ice Rider, you still think it's just ride with the, the Ice Rider itself with the added text of maybe a Metacham or... Um, Inteleons for pings. Just Suicune just as well, you can Suicune. play sometimes yeah, as that's, well. Oh, that's why I was, people, I've heard Suicune being added in as, a, as an attacker for those um metal matchups just to help out but typically like typically you're going to probably run into luke metal and they're not filling their bench so yeah. you're not you're not like yeah. i didn't and they can I, heal the damage filling. off yeah. and, and you're not yet yeah, because you're not doing enough to do a ko mm -hmm. and i just felt like if ice rider can get going faster than turn to 250 you know <laughs> yeah turn to, to turn to 
knock out a knock out Zacian and you're good to go. Like I, yeah, like I definitely think the Suicune was cool. Um, some people were talking about playing like two or three in the deck, which I just don't think is needed. Uh, I could definitely see one, but I think that like Ice Rider just thrives on being able to smack your opponent super quickly and them not being able to respond fast enough. So I think that just keeping the deck as um, streamlined as possible, um, the deck really just needs the Raihan um, and the Metacham, and that's pretty much all you need um, from the new set. I just think that uh, being able to smack them quickly is often enough to win you the majority of your game. So I think that um, keeping consistency first is huge. Agreed. Oh, so going into those Zacian decks, how, how do you think that uh, we'll start with ADP, uh, ADP Zacian? Do you think that is you'll see a fair amount of play with ADP Zacian? Or do you think um, all these VMAX decks are kind of pushing it out anyways, where it's not really having the greatest win, win rate against those top meta decks? Yeah, so ADP Zacian itself just really hasn't been doing super well recently. You know, like you might see mm -hmm. like in a top cut here or there. Um, ADP Moltres is really in like this, like the... Uh, a better variant of the deck i think it's okay i mean ultra creation boss boss game is still a thing i just think that as decks like i'm um, shadow rider has like 300 plus hp like over the past couple sets pokemon have gotten more and more hp which just thus makes it so much harder for um adp to keep up with the power creep so i yeah. definitely think the deck's probably like tier two i think that um adp moltres if you want to talk about it now you know that's fine yeah okay. let's do it yeah okay sure so uh adp moltres is great in my opinion um it really has a solid shadow rider matchup which is really what keeps it super super good uh it's okay versus urshifu it's pretty close uh if you play mew it's pretty close versus ice rider as well it's just kind of the consistency thing mm -hmm. where half the time the deck just doesn't work it seems like but when it works it pretty much beats everything so it's almost just like um getting the list down to being able to set up every single game mm -hmm. um but i definitely think the moltres version is tier one i just think that the straight version just isn't really strong enough anymore in this format which is kind of crazy to think to say that um, ADP Zation just isn't strong enough anymore. Oh yeah, a year ago you, people would laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that Zacian and Art or I'm um, sorry, uh, Moltres belong in a deck together? Or do you think that clunks it up too much? I, I'm sure it gives it more options, but do you feel that they they should so go together? Yeah. So there's a lot of versions that actually just don't actually play the Zacian. I think mm. it's almost like maybe 40% of the versions actually just don't play Zacian. I actually uh, personally like Zacian because it's it is just such a good I'm sorry to start with and like when you start with that you're pretty much guaranteed not to draw at you know in yeah. some way shape or form so um, i still like the zation it's a great attacker um super good versus ice rider so currently i have the zation in my list uh, I, that's a fair point um but but going on from adp to the other um metal deck uh Luke, Luke metal. metal. How, how do you how do you feel that fits? <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I okay, like um, I'm not trying to you know, like offend uh Luke metal players here, but no, I don't just... I, I I don't I don't understand how the deck does well because like Shadow Rider, I think, just absolutely destroys it, in my opinion. Um Urshifu is probably the one matchup that keeps it relatively relevant and mm -hmm. probably um probably Ice Rider as well. I think the deck really preys on people not um being able to conserve their resources and when you hit um some of these uh players and they just overextend full metal mm -hmm. wall just ruins them so i definitely think that okay deck is fine i would probably say it's like tier like 1.5 i just think that it's very susceptible to players that know how to resource manage 
Yeah. That's what I would say. And I feel if you're going into Pog, uh, most players you're going to play against know how to resource manage. You would would assume at least. That's like, it's still funny because it's still, it got third in the Sunday Open last week. It's still like, it's still around. Yeah. um, I feel like no one, if, I, you're not going to go into Pog this weekend and you haven't been playing Luke Metal and go, I'm going to play Luke Metal. I feel like yeah. the guys that have been out there that have still been playing Luke Metal and know its ins and outs so yeah. well. It's like play. three or four people that they just only play Luke Metal. It's yeah. all they play. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those are the those are the people that can take it in the Pog and actually do well with it. Yes. Like I, it, 100%. You're, if you're not been playing it for the last two months, don't pick it up because it's not going to it's not going to treat you nicely. Yeah. It's just, it's such a slow and um, grindy decks and games just go so long. It is not really fun to play, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just more or less like it just, it just takes a long time to win games and you really have to know what you're doing because when a game goes um, significantly longer, then there is more um, room to misplay. So yeah, it's, definitely just something that's a grind um, to play yeah. right now yeah that's why i think it, it just it's it's real up it's up to those old players like not old players but those guys that have been experienced with final players yeah, yeah. championing campaigning it over <laughs> and over again um keep it up with those so i'm going to transition us back into another uh, ice deck that jake thought would be pretty good because uh glaceon has been doing yeah pretty well so thoughts on that being a, a, a potential pog showing as well. I think it will show up. I don't know. In ha- I don't think a ton of people are going to play it. Uh, I've been working on some lists with the deck with um, I basically kind of took like the ice rider core and just um, cut the ice riders and added, you know, like a um, four or three um, glacier online with a couple changes like the snow leaf badge and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's okay. Uh, I definitely think that since Shadow is, since I would probably say the majority of Shadow players that are playing Path are playing two right now, uh, I think that matchup is kind of scary um, just because they can go um, uh, Path of the Peak and hit them for like 400 damage without now Creamy. I, I think the deck's okay. I just, it's almost like the Zamazenta thing with uh, Luke Metal. It's like, is, like, are you really going to go far with a card that? stalls um, v maxes when there's so many ways to actually turn off that ability yeah that's i i was curious on its ability to actually be able to wall when yeah just zamazenta has been able to be turned off and pretty easily yeah Yeah. and we've we've found ways to play around uh you can't hit me effects that don't require like that aren't putting special cards to hit those guys in there anymore so yeah I would say, though, after rotation, it might be a little bit better. Um, obviously, Path of the Peak is still there, uh, but you'll still have those cards like Phoebe or Path to hit and hit, but then you're not actually okoing it. So, uh, yeah, it, it potentially could have a little bit more viability then, but currently with a lot of G, G, GXs, tag teams, um, and some of these, you know, one prizers, Volcanian and stuff like that um, can put some, you know, meaningful damage on, on, on the board. Yeah, no, like uh, I think that's the Glacier gets um, significantly better post rotation because we lose um, Mars shadow. So like shadow rider does not want to play path in a format where it can't um, bump at the next turn. So it's, 
if so it's like if shadow rider is playing one to two path to counter um glacian uh, the post rotation is going to become a it, it honestly kind of hinders your deck, you know? So, I mean, you st- you do have pump kaboo. Yeah. But then uh, that card gets, I'm stuck on the bench. So you're kind of clogging up your bench almost in a way. Um, yeah. But I definitely think it gets a little bit better post rotation. So I'm going to be excited to test that deck for sure. Yeah. I, I did test it uh, while, you know, just kind of playing around because that was the first deck I had. Yeah. It, it was kind of fun just to get a VMAX up there. They, did, they didn't have any text for it, and then they just kind of lost. But uh, <laughs> uh, other than that, yeah, I, I think a lot, a lot of decks, especially POG format, will have answers for Glacion. Yeah. All right, so uh, the, new, the big new VMAX deck, Rayquaza, how, how do you feel that that fits into POG? Um, as I kind of said before, I think that the Water variant is good. Um, and I think the flappy version is kind of inconsistent. <laughs> so now, do you think any of the people um, going into this tournament with uh, you know aspirations to win will actually be playing Rayquaza? Or you think it's just not tested enough at this point with the inconsistencies that we kind of mentioned um, to bring it into a tournament like so? I think there's going to be a lot of people that play it because it's the big new shiny card, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's definitely going to be one of the most played decks. Uh, I think that there will be some pretty i think if a good like testing group like brings the deck it has to be good you know like um i don't think a group of um top players will bring rayquaza unless their list is broken so uh i definitely think that it has potential to go far because someone is going to draw well with it someone is going to play um the flaffy version and every single game go flaffy fa- um and just completely set up their board on turn two um and just absolutely smack a VMAX for 400 damage, like super easily. Like someone is going to draw well. It's just how many people can consistently do that, which will, which I don't think is very much, but I wouldn't be surprised if one made it into the top eight for sure. So fair, fair points on that. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm brave enough quite yet to uh, play Rekwaza yeah. in a deck like this. Um, Chuck, did you have any other ones you wanted to ask about? No. Okay, so I do want to talk about grass with this new leafy on Delmise combo. Um, do you think it's viable in the pog format? I think it is viable simply because um Absol is in format, so it's basically like a plus power for 16 in a lot of ways. I mm-hmm. think it's good. I think it beats uh ADP decks pretty convincingly. It does pretty good versus E-turn. Um, it does pretty good versus um Suicune decks. It's like it's like solid. I I would probably say it's on like the same tier as Victini. Probably mm-hmm. say it's like a tier two deck. I'm for sure. You know, like someone is someone's probably gonna do okay with it. Yeah. But I just I just don't think it's on the level of Shadow Rider or Urshifu currently. Yeah, actually, when uh, you kind of mentioned um, Eternatus, we didn't even bring up Eternatus up in any dark box. Uh, do you think you know dark is going to do anything? And what's the best dark uh, you know variant to bring? I think that dark box is by far the best variant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the biggest problem with Etern currently is that it just really can't one shot things anymore. Because like uh, when it came out, it was a format that was still dominated by tag teams, where you mm-hmm. could just go turn to 280 damage, one shot everything super super quickly. Now with things that have 340 HP, you're not you're not really able to do that anymore. So mm-hmm. it it kind of loses is because it kind of just turns itself into a two shot deck. And why are you playing a deck that has to set up eight um, bench Pokemon and is only two shotty? And 
and it's also inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the dark box variant is super, super strong. Um, getting Moltres is going to be great uh, because you can, um, Sabrina and Bryson men, uh, get the two energy, uh, get the Moltres and a couple other Pokemon, um, slam them all down. You can get um, three to four energy turn one onto the field, which is absolutely insane. And Dark Moon just, <laughs> it's just an incredible attack. You know, you just take a Pokemon off the field. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially it, against yeah. the Luke medals that are uh, uh, trying to tank. You, does, you can't really yeah, you tank. Can't you can't stop that. You go over it. Yeah. So I definitely think that the Dark Box variant is actually one of the best decks in the format. It it really just smacks um, Shadow Rider. It does pretty okay versus Urshifu. Mm -hmm. It's just the only, the only question is the consistency. Can it uh, get the turn to... Um, Red and blue, weave out dark moon consistently, and if it can, it is the it is the best deck if it yeah, can do that. That was my choice uh, for last week when we kind of went into what deck you think you're gonna win. I thought you know dark box just seems like it's in a really good place to uh, you know poise to you know make one final stand with those GXs. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple other questions I had for Pog before we go on. Um, with control, do you think control will see anything with you know with all these cards that are about to rotate? Seeing Zora Arc, a lot of people saying you know he's the perfect uh, you know Pokemon for those stage ones. A couple, you know, there are a couple really you know abusive control Pokemon out there that can kind of shut down a lot of these decks. Um, do do you think that control will see success? Uh, I think that very few people will play it uh, as per usual. I don't think the deck is that great. Um, because Shadow Rider can go Horror House turn one and then mm -hmm. uh, use Astro Barrage and just start to spread everywhere. Yes. And since, like, if they're smart, they won't take um, uh, prizes, which is really what um, Control likes to do. You know, like, um, Control likes to stamp them to one, but, like, if they just go 50-50 um, um, on, like, a bunch of Pokemon and then just completely um, wipe them all out and, like, two or three turns that's like yeah. super hard to stop so i think that that matchup is rough i think that uh, rapid flow even though you do um even though you do have mew for one last event um yeah. if they can just uh boss the mew up and you can't rot it back uh you kind of just lose to rapid flow i it's it's okay um it's a deck that will probably Someone is going to play and someone's going to do well because there's a lot of players that don't know how to play against control and they'll just yeah. completely fall into these traps where they shouldn't lose, but they will lose because they did something like horribly wrong in the matchup that it, that they yeah, did they not played see. into the strategy yeah. of the control player. Yeah, yeah fair, fair points. I, yeah, I do think there are very few really good control players out yeah. there that put enough time and effort into it to make it work. Yeah. Um, I just pray I don't run into one of those people early. <laughs> <But other laughs> yeah, yeah, that, no, that, yeah, no, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the final question I have for any of these VMAX decks, um, will you be bringing text to deal with uh, like the Decidueyes, the Glaceons, the uh the zamazenta v's are like the phoebe's the the um swells and whatnot are are you personally bringing an attack in to deal with a deck like that i will not tech for decidueye no 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 <laughs> uh i will if i play shadow rider i will probably play two path maybe one i think that one honestly beats the zamazentas and um pretty consistently but two should pretty handily beat um glaceon mm -hmm. um if i play urshifu i'm really not gonna tech i it's almost to the point it's like why am i teching for a tier two deck when i should just be 
um, trying to beat in like the top three or four decks. Yeah. Um, so I, as of right now, I really don't, I don't expect to heavily tech for those decks. Um, and if I do tech, it is by playing a path for uh, Xamar Glacian. So. so Phoebe, just no, no, is a no-go. Phoebe as of right now, no-go. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, yeah. good call. Because I was kind of on the fence. Because like, my fear is just to not tech for a deck like that and then just auto-lose. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right though. Why are we taking for a deck that might see, you know, five to 6% of the play if that, uh, when, you know, you're going to probably yeah. run into all these decks that we've been talking about, uh, more likely than not. Cool. So I think that's a bit about it for the pog talk, unless you have anything else there, Chuck. No, uh, if we're done with the pog talk, we can move into talk, we'll be talking about more of What's it like to be Gabe Smart, the professional Pokemon player? Yeah, definitely want so, to jump into to that. Um, I just we'll start with I'll I'll start the first question just because I do the whimsy watch, so I look at the meta and I see where people finish. I see you on top eights, making top cuts plenty often. So what what is it that you do to the the practice to keep yourself in those positions? basically just tell me how to get good <laughs> <laughs> okay so i have been very fortunate in the time that i have played to where like i have known um very talented players uh i've been um testing with zach lesage for about a year um i've um tested on and off with uh danny atavilla and those have really been some players that kind of brought me in because mm -hmm. i guess they saw something in me i don't know <laughs> um but those are some players that really helped me um test and then i have um like the rest of my testing group um logan mckay i'm michelle babin i'm jay lasage i'm bon o'brien and so much more i'm finnegan lynch as well like um, I've been super, I've been super fortunate to have a lot of fantastic people to test with. And I kind of learned a lot from, um, some of like the top, uh, like players and like how the, and like, I like to pick, um, like people's brains and see like how they function, how they view a game, how they like map out a game, like four or five turns in advance. And I kind of just, I kind of just like hung like kind of behind in the shadows just kind of learning from them you know like um over this past like two years i've just been kind of just learning and learning slowly and once um like 2019 and 2020 uh and now i'm 2021 um came around i really started to like open up and kind of push myself into the community mm -hmm. and be like hey like i'm okay at this game you know here you know like like let's just see what i can do you know look, like everyone that's helped so yeah no yeah. i'm i'm super grateful for sure but yeah so testing has been testing huge. is is huge so uh, anything on top of you know you know your testing strategies i know you said you kind of hung back and kind of picked their brains um now as far as when you're specifically test testing uh for a deck do you you know play like play it out with like a zach lesage um, you know, a few turns and say, this isn't quite working. Why isn't it working? And like, what text could we, you know, maybe put into this deck in and out or, or do you kind of just play it through or, or how do, how do you go yeah, into any specific deck testing? So like typically what I like to do is I like to test like the big decks first. I like to see mm -hmm. um, like how they work, uh, what their matchup spread is. 
and like what cards can swing a matchup. Like for instance, I'm Shadow Rider versus Luke Metal. I was like, okay, Luke Metal is a problem for I'm Shadow Rider. Let's add a path to the peak. Boom, easy matchup. Um, mm-hmm. The path also helps um, sometime in the mirror match, and it's just like a universally good card. When it comes to testing rogue decks, I'm like, okay, first, do these rogue decks do what they're supposed to do first? And if they do, sure. If they don't, I'm not going to even bother with it. Um, if they can consistently set up, how do they do against the top three decks? That is then kind of um, what I like to look at. And if they aren't able to consistently hang at least 50-50 or better, it's just not something that is worth my time and is not really worth the risk to play. That's kind of how um, I like to approach it. Uh, typically, when it comes to me um, playing some type of meta deck, I'll typically have like one card that helps against a another top tier deck that's mm-hmm. typically how i like to play so yeah to have an answer against any any, yeah. any particular meta deck at the time now yeah, you said with the, Shifu, yeah, like that. now you said with the 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 rogue deck um sure. and how many games will you put into that deck before you make your decision where hey it's not doing what it needs to do consistently enough against these top three meta decks sure. um how many games does it usually take for you to kind of make that conclusion okay so like I will start off with like a base list um, that is like very rough. I'll play three to four games. I'll be like, okay, these are the couple cards that need to be changed. Then I'll play another three to four games. And I will like, sometimes this could take 10 to 15 games to figure out. Um, Sometimes it could take more. But once I have like, I think I use like um, intervals of like three or four games to find out like what the stack actually needs um, Mm -hmm. versus um, some of the top decks in format. Once once I've played maybe 10 to 15 games, I pretty have a good idea on like um, if the deck has potential. And if it does, then I'm going to continue to work on it. Uh, and if it doesn't, then obviously I'm just going to um, delete the yeah, deck I mean, and yeah, yeah, move You on. don't want to waste your time, especially, yeah. you know, tournaments coming up. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so that being said, let's kind of jump into your strategy when it comes to tournaments. Um, sure. Like, how do you, you know, what's your mindset going into a given tournament slash like yeah. a week of tournaments? Um, do you kind of stick with the deck for a week or do you kind of mix and match? How, how do you kind of go about that? Okay, so this is something that um, I've actually kind of been like, um, like asked before. And it's like what I typically like to do is I like, I wait like super late. Like I will wait until like Wednesday um, or Thursday. Um if there's like an event on Saturday, like mm-hmm. for instance, I will know what I'm playing for Pog until probably Thursday or Friday because mm-hmm. we have um chill coming up. There are so many um online events that we have that will change the meta um up until Friday night. So I probably won't even have a deck till Friday to be um quite honest. So I typically like to wait um, until the last minute, but the week before I will I will already have like three or four decks that I'm considering. It's just on that last like 24 to 48 hours that is when i will cut it down to like one or two decks and then we will test um late nights and then we'll decide maybe 12 hours before the tournament on what we're actually playing mm-hmm. so that's typically what i like to do coming down is it coming down to basically that meta call which one do you think is going to provide the best matchups going forward like yeah yeah so it's um hyp- i like, like to look a, at hyp- the like a hmm? hypothetical like you you see like your one of your choices, your two choices were Shadow Rider or or Dark Box, sure. just hypothetically. And then you you see like the Thursday night chills, like Shadow Rider was the most popular thing. So you're I would thinking, definitely sway my decision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah you for sure. Sway, 
maybe maybe dark box might be the good choice or however you would decide but yeah and you also have to look at these events there are going to be a lot of players that just play their comfort deck um, regardless of how strong it is like they're mm -hmm. like shadow rider will be the most played deck i can almost guarantee for this event simply because it is easy to play and it is players comfort pick i would mm -hmm. say at least 20 percent of the meta will be shadow rider because People know that there's uh, money on the line and they simply don't want to risk playing something that, that they don't know how to play correctly or is a deck that is very easily to misplay with like um, Urshifu and Talion's a deck that you can very easily misplay with. So it's just like I it's just you you kind of have to know like what's the like average player is likely going to do like mm. when um, E-Turn was the most played deck going into like a money event. I was always like, OK. Etern and ADPization, those are people's comfort decks because they're easy to play. So it's so it's like, do I play that and try and outplay them, or do I just play a deck that can easily beat them? So, yeah, no fair points. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, uh, yeah, tournaments are great for, uh, testing. Like you said, you 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 kind of look at that and kind of make your decision, and then you'll you know do some last minute testing and do you know you know twelve hours before. Yeah. Um, but with all this testing, especially in the last two years with COVID, with all the online events, um, how do you kind of kind of balance burnout between, you know, playing too much and still wanting to play to be at the top of your game? Okay, so I actually don't play in as many events as people think. I, I'll <laughs> probably play in like three, um, probably like three online events a week probably max mm -hmm. um when i start to get tired i just simply stop playing <laughs> like mm -hmm. i will just kind of like i will just kind of um, cut down from testing i'll uh take a couple days off and i'll kind of just relax you know because like uh, i'm working like four like four or five days a week so i can kind of keep myself um, uh preoccupied for that as well mm -hmm. um but burnout's a huge thing and typically just take a couple days break um, come back and um, try it again. Um, seems like you're having fun. Um, if you're not, take a couple more days break. You know, yeah. that's that's typically what I like to do for sure. But okay. recently, I I have not been getting uh, very burnt out from Pokemon, which I guess is a good thing with oh, for Pog sure. coming up soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, I've used in the past like a strategy is just like playing some meme decks that are not you know sure. yeah. number of A tier meta, but like another you great go thing. roll into a. Uh, a tournament with like a, a waylord v and start wrecking people's day it's kind of fun it is um, yeah no totally <laughs> <laughs> um but cool i know chuck you wanted this next question um well i was i had a different question oh then, th uh, then you, you go for it because i know well like we were talking about burnout do you you're i mean you're part of like the shuffle squad we mentioned a lot of the other guys sure. in, it, in it before so yeah. do you feel does that add any extra pressure because of that with the burnout like feeling like you i don't know i doubt they kind of add pressure on you but i would probably say the shuffle squad is the least of my worries um when it comes to taking a break i would probably say my um, article writing my youtube content and also my twitch content are like what i care about probably the most when it comes to taking a week off because though yeah. because like taking a week off from twitch um coming back people are gonna it's it's pretty easy to forget about people um so it's just like it's just like kind of like that like pressure to try and stay like semi-relevant i guess yeah so um taking weeks off definitely puts a lot of stress on me because i'm like okay i have to do something you know you know like are people gonna forget and you know like i'm not gonna 
you know, um, be able to create as much um, successful content as I would like if I was streaming five days a week. So I would yeah. say that it's probably just like the pressure of like what the general community thinks about you. That is more important because like um, everyone in the shovel squad, like I'm super good friends with you. Know, like yeah. um, everyone there is super, super cool. I mean, they understand, you know, like life happens, you know, um, you can lose passions and stuff like that um, for some time. So they're, they're pretty understanding. So yeah, that's, that's probably, that's probably the best answer I can give for that. Yeah. I was just trying to think like what, if there's anything, forget about it. I just, (laughs) no, I think you answered it. uh, Yeah. You answered exactly. I, I I had a bad question. You answered it excellently. So you're all good. (laughs) Um, The other thing I did want to ask you about, which is completely right term from what we were talking about is I want to know, cause you, the earlier uh, in August, we had the big New Jersey event, uh, the the CGC 10 K. I can't, whatever it was, whatever it was. (laughs) Um, but it was like the first big real IRL event um, this year, I think. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to he- get your takes because I know you were there. You performed well. You were in the, the final top eight. And and just what it was it like to get back to real life tables again? Yeah. So um, I have a group of friends. So I have a decent amount of friends who live on the East Coast. I had someone who lived like um, 30 minutes away from the venue. I hadn't. Um, really traveled outside the state in like a year and a half. So I was like, okay, let's go on a week and a half, you know, uh, vacation. And I did that. I had a lot of fun. Um, and the 10K was then, I think there was like 130 ish players, mm-hmm. um, best of three. And it just like, I, I didn't go to profit, obviously. I just went to like get that feel of like playing IRL cards again and seeing friends at events and just having like that, um, like online events are cool, but just like IRL events just give you that different type of pressure where like mm-hmm. you feel like I have to do well or like I have to win this game. You know, it's like I traveled completely across the country to do well on this event so i guess it's just like that different type of pressure um the event was ran fantastically um there was a lot of talk on twitter about um like um cosplayers and stuff like that like yeah you know like uh, that was a problem but i think the event itself and the judges were all very experienced judges who have ran um regionals in the past and just how it was ran was fantastic and it really gave the small um group of players like a mini regional type of feel for sure yeah because that's so um starting basically playing pokemon in the the non-pokemon era of covid um no irl events i'm looking forward to that so that's why i wanted to get your kind of just like live vicariously through you for a second on just <laughs> how it is to, to to get to that large IRL event and and seeing yeah. those friends and things like that because I mean yeah. I have played other competitive games and it is a different a whole different space when yeah. you're playing oh, yeah. live walking into that venue hundreds yeah. of people around you like yeah, yeah tables all throughout the venue yeah it's just a different feel you know stream setup everything yeah getting to look your opponent in the face yeah yeah for sure uh, so, i do i do like that part, part of pokemon and i mean i have a terrible oh. poker face but <laughs> but being able to try and read your opponent to 
to plan the added planning of your next I think turn. That's, by yeah, I think that's, that's a, a little skill. more depth. Yeah, I think that's a skill that people are going to, you know, there's some people that already have it, but I think a lot of people underestimate that. Sure. Um, and I think that'll come in huge when it comes to IRL play. Yeah, totally. So one other question about IRL play, since we're talking about this event, um, you know, everything online typically is best of one. Um, going into best of three, how do you feel that people have been transitioning back into best of three, at least in that event? Um, do you feel that time, like going to time is more of an issue or, or do you think that, that, that it's, it's you know, so, where it was before? I think that going to time was more of an issue a couple of years ago because games were more one to two prize based but now mm -hmm. since things um give up three prizes and you really only have to attack like two or three times to win the game uh time is definitely not that much of an issue i do think the best of three thing is the nicest thing because uh i remember i was going against uh urshifu which is a really really good matchup um for shadow rider which is what i played mm -hmm. and i lost game one because i bricked and i was like thank god i have two other games to win which i did end up winning mm -hmm. um so i think that just having the I just think having like the best of three really makes it, I guess, more rewarding because like um, there's been a lot of games that I've won simply because um, my opponent has bricked online. I'm like, cool, probably shouldn't have won that game, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's just a much more um, fulfilling feel to be able to beat them it's twice instead of once. Yeah, yeah. That, that way it takes that, oh, if I just had this card, I, I would have won the matchup yeah. type of thing. Whereas now it's really kind of more of a skill-based skill uh, matchup. Sure. Yeah, no, sure. totally. Yeah, best of three, I like the, the the feeling of being able to, like you said, eliminate the like one-offs of, uh, well, my opponent just bricked or I just bricked. And then you can really know if you have a consistent victory or not yeah. versus that. Yeah. All right, so before we let you go, I had one more question about IRL. Sure. Um, since there are a lot of players, you know, that are really skilled but still new at the game that might have come right before COVID or during COVID. Yeah. Um, are there any um, IRL tips that you have for players? I know this might be um, way too early, but we're talking, you know, you know, with the, you know, the Delta variant or whatever. Um, but when IRL play does come back, I know like. Are there any tips? I saw some people, you know, with Marnie compared to where it used to be with, with N or anything yeah. like that, or Recess Stamper. Are there any tips or tricks that you you can kind of share with uh, with us? Yeah, no. So I would probably say to like a newer player, um, consistency first. Don't um, tech out your deck for every single matchup. You want to be able to achieve your board state uh, every single game. Uh, and also, I would say play something that you're comfortable with like it might not be the best deck it might be let's say the second third or fourth best deck but if you know that you can play that deck perfectly then it is um significantly better than playing the best deck and you having no idea what you're doing so i think that um consistency first um play the deck you're comfortable with um get enough sleep sleep is really important for these events because they some because day ones go 12 13 hours sometimes so mm -hmm. you know like when you're in like round eight or nine you're gonna really start to feel it um so getting sleep is absolutely critical um i know that i have been someone who has only gotten like one or two hours of sleep before an event and it is not good so don't <laughs> yeah. do that uh, <laughs> uh but yeah no those are probably three things that i would have to give to a player um through like basic idea yeah like advice from me yeah. so those are those are great tips yeah.
All right. I think that's going to do for me. Unless you have anything else, Chuck. I have no nothing. Nothing else. I think we've we've uh, took as much information as Gabe can let us have. <laughs> um, the only thing I will say now, I know you got a, a Twitch and a Twitter and all that, and now is your time to plug it all so you can get some people to come out and and view you. Sure. So whatever you want to plug now, go ahead. Yeah. So um, a shout to the Shuffle Squad for sponsoring me. Um, a shout to Guardian Gaming as well for. Um, sponsoring the shuffle squad um a shout out to um pdc joe's store for um letting me write articles on there i really like to write um for that website and i enjoy i'm providing content for the community uh you can follow my twitch at twitch.tv slash i'm gabriel smart tcg um, you can follow my uh, youtube and subscribe there at smart um tcg and um, you can follow my twitter at gabriel smart tcg as well so it's it's re- it's relatively easy to find me online but mm-hmm. um, if you guys um, struggle, then those are the links to get me. And yeah, feel free to send me a message. I'm more than willing to answer it. Um, I answer pretty much like every DM when I can. So yeah, yeah. never hesitate. <laughs> Definitely. No, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, yeah. been a joy talking with you. I've learned a bunch. Um, and I can't wait to see what you do at Pog. I, I have, uh, you know, you're one of the handful of players I have my eye on this, you know, see how far you can go with this. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's going to about do it. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us here at Triple P, we got myself at Panux1 at Twitter. We got Chuck at Watch Whimsy. And we have Nick at The Duke of Hobbies, uh, all on Twitter. And that's going to about do it. So see you guys later. And you know, thank you for uh, listening. Thanks again. Thanks, have a good one. <laughs>